Leadership Hour. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. As Ihsan Higgins here, for those that just joined us now, uh, we've, we've dealt with the legal hour at Faisal Bardin and Nazir Parker, and now we have something a bit different. We are now dealing with a leadership hour, and our topic is Muslims, politics, and challenges. And I'm sitting in studio with uh, two very, let's call it unlikely bedfellows. <laughs> And um, we have, uh, I mean, we've, well, previously we had someone from the ANC on the, on the show. And, of course, there's been a bit of uh, discomfort by certain listeners saying, yeah, well, why don't you have the EFF on and why don't you have the DA on? And, of course, you know, we are open-minded on this particular show. We don't have a, a political preference. We are totally uh, apolitical. We might have our views, our strong views, our strong political views sometimes. But certainly, we don't prejudice anybody uh, wanting to be on the leadership hour. And of course, I need to say, before we start with the two gentlemen that I have in studio, is that the views expressed in this program is not the views of the Voice of the Cape, it's management or staff. So if you do hear something, you know, tonight, you know, from either of the two political party members sitting here, um, then of course it's not our views, it's their views. And I also want to say, this is not a debate, okay? Um, so it's not going to take the format of a debate between the EFF and the DA. It's really the, the role of a Muslim you know, in the political arena in South Africa, and of course the challenges. So I'm hoping, you know, that uh, we're going to be courteous to one another, if I must just say, um, because, you know, we've had a couple of rough rides already in the studio uh, when we had political uh, party members in, in studio. So let me introduce the guests first. Uh, I've got uh, let's uh, Mr. Nazir Paulson of the EFF. So alaikum, Nazir. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullah uh, Ishan, and to the listeners out there and to my fellow panelists, um, Maulana Aslam Kasim. No, you can even Maulana Aslam Kasim introduce him and that's my job. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, salam alaikum, uh, Maulana Aslam Kasim uh, from the DA, salam alaikum. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullah Okay, so... Nazir, for some reason, you know, people were very, very keen to have you on the show for, uh, for obvious reasons. I think people were watching TV and uh, they were saying um, that, you know, can you have this gentleman on because I'll demand a bit quiet, you know, for the, for the EFF yeah. and their role, you know, mm. that, uh, that they were playing in places like Brackenfell. A yeah. book up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, uh, they've got their wish. You are on air now, and of course, uh, you, can, you can speak for yourself uh, on some of these issues. Molina, uh, Aslam Kasim, I believe that you were previously also a, a Voice of the Cape uh, presenter. Yeah, yeah, many, many moons ago. Okay. Started out here, yes. Is it? Yeah. So if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, where are you based? Uh, what constituency are you in? And what tier of government do you serve? Okay. 
Um, I'm not sure how, how far should we look at. No, no, no. Go. I will, I will guide. I will guide. Okay. When did you enter politics? Let me start. Um, 2014. But it was for me. It was a an ambition or rather a dream. I think when I witnessed the 1994 elections. And I saw the releasing, or rather the uh, the advent of democracy in 1994. And uh, I was like 13 years old or something. And How I old are you now? Now I'm 40. Okay. Yeah. So so you were 13, and of course uh, you wanted yeah. to enter politics at that yes. point today. Yes, yes. So I, I saw the... Um, you know what uh, what happened because my brother them they were very much into um, into politics and my uncle them so they were very much into um, politics at the time I think everyone was very political at the time. Where, where did you grow up, Molina? Um, Salt River and also in Tafelsa. Okay. So I had to live between two parents, so one in Salt River. Where in Salt River? In Cecil Road. Okay, you in yeah, Cecil Road. Yeah. Okay, so and the other parent lived in Tafelsa. Yes, Which road yes, in Tafelsa? In Dwasberg. Uh, okay, so, so just, for, the, just for those people that are listening, that are <laughs> oh, maybe from that side, oh, yeah. they see next part. You know. Yes, yes. So it's two worlds, two worlds apart. I think there's vast differences between the two areas. Uh, when I look at the Tafelsa area, many of um, my peers or contemporaries that grew up with me during that time. Uh, when I look at, when I, I still go into the area now and I see that, you know, many of them, they either died, either on drugs, either in prison. Um, so not a very good story to tell um, when it comes to that uh, area that, that I grew up in as well. But I think determined because when I saw the release of those um, stalwarts like Nelson Mandela <laughs> and these people, and it was very inspiring to see them. And I, I thought that, you know, one day I'd like to also make a difference in the lives of, of people. Okay, now the, now the question. So which mm. area are you? Are, you are a councillor yeah. of the city council, mm-hmm. a DA councillor. And we, which areas are you servicing at the Are you a councillor in terms of a proportionalist or are you, were no, you a candidate? No, you a ward councillor. You are a ward yeah. councillor. So which areas do you serve? Um, portions of Menenberg and then portions of the old Adafel, which is on the other side of Clipfontaine Road, the, the side towards Surrey Estate, then Surrey Estate, Gatesville, Rylands, and then also Newfields, and then also portions of Anova Park, and then also on the other end of Manenberg, where you find the Downs, which is more closer mm-hmm. to Lansdowne Road. That's so a weird. That's a weird uh, demarcation. demarcation. Yeah, very weird. yeah. I see many of my colleagues. They are, they they have very densely populated area, but it's all in one little space, very confined to one space. Whereas my area is very split out all over the. I would, I would love to see the map of that because it just doesn't sound like it's even some of those places aren't even close to each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you look at the Downs, which is on that side of Manenberg, yes, and if you look yes. at Sarius, it is on the other side of Manenberg, and Mahidofell mm-hmm. is on. So it's a bit uh, yeah. of a confusing uh, demarcation. So, so very often you're sitting in meetings. I just came now from a meeting uh, since six o'clock, but very often you sit in a meeting where you have these total stock differences of socioeconomic. Stratification of communities. You're sitting with people that have not have access or not much of education, and um, you know, living uh, don't have employment, no jobs. And then on the other end, then you're sitting in a meeting where you will find um, there are uh, what is this working class people and uh, people that are highly educated as well. Um, so 
in one day you can have or in one hour you can sit one hour in that meeting over there and the next hour you're sitting with people with totally different in one aspect we'll have people complaining about dogs on another sense we'll have people complaining about um about uh, you know living in a backyard Mm. So, so those are the the differences that we find. Okay, Nazir, just coming to you quickly. Nazir, just give us your. I mean, most people, you're not a stranger to this program, so just give us quickly where you fit in in the political spectrum. Uh, shukran, Ishan. My, my name is Nazir Paulson. I'm a member of Parliament uh, representing the Economic Freedom Fighters. I serve on the. Uh, Portfolio Committee for Environment, Forestry and Fisheries. Uh, I'm, in, I'm born in Cape Town, Rylands, on the Cape Flats. As a national le- leader of the, the EFF, I'm deployed to Nazir, the province. you're from Rylands. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I was born there, but I grew up on the Cape Flats. So you're saying Rylands is not part of the Cape Flats? I said <laughs> I, I, I was born in Rylands, but I grew up on the entire Cape Flats. Okay, I because I went to you, you, it almost sounded like you were excluding Rylands from I, the Cape Flats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I lived across the, I grew up across the Cape Flats because I, I, I lived in various areas. I don't even know how many. Okay. So, so you serving as a, as a, as a, a national parliament uh, representative of the economic freedom fighters. That's correct, yes. Okay, so I'm sitting here with two tiers of government, and uh, one is the national tier, which is like uh, the, the parliamentarian, and of course mm-hmm. I've got uh, the local, local government tier, which is the city council. So yeah, so but the commonality between the two of you is that both of you are Muslim. And of course, this must be a challenge, you know, at the best of times, uh, to be Muslim and uh, and serving party a party structure with, of course, different policies. And some of those policies are, of course, contrary to the to the morals or the mores of uh, of, of being a Muslim. And I'm going to maybe start off uh, with with Nazir. Nazir, you, I mean, many a times we see on TV, especially, um, the EFF, uh, you know, like um, acting like communists, if I may say so. Now, of course, and if you, and, and the red, which is basically the color, you know, the symbolic color of, of, of communists. Mm-hmm. Now, it's sometimes difficult for, for, for listeners to understand why or how a Muslim fits into that uh, that arena. Yeah. And maybe I'm un, I'm unkind to say that you know that the, 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 the EFF are actually a communist party. Maybe that is not the case, but maybe you can explain yeah. it. Yeah. To to put it to you and 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 Shukran Ikshan, um, uh, you know uh, the brother just told me he became interested in politics when he saw Nelson Mandela released. I, of course, was grew up in a political home, politicized long before the release of Nelson Mandela. And I think that helped me develop a very clear vision as to what I think should happen in the country. So, so obviously, I would want, you know, it goes along with values, and I would want to align myself with a party who embodies those values that I hold dear to me. So, yes, to put it to you, the EFF is a Marxist, Leninist, Fanonian 
political organization. For what? Fanonian. Fanonian. Fanon. Okay, Fanon, the man who wrote the the wretched of the earth. France, Francis Fanon. France, Omar. Okay, I was thinking, I'm not sure what I'm saying, but okay. Fanon, Fanon. France, Omar, Fanon. Okay. You know, you mustn't forget the fact that there's Umar. We will be <laughs> but, so, uh, but old Nazir, Nazir, why are you skipping? So, I mean, what about Marx and Lenin? Uh, why are you like almost saying that it's not their philosophy? No, no. Stay, stay with, stay uh, upon Yes, I will, yeah. I will stay with you. <laughs> Marxist, Leninist. Yes, there we go. Philosophy. So, what does Marxism and Leninism subscribe to? Or what is it that they um, suggest as a solution to to mankind's problems and our problems are they are limited resources and there are many people vying for those resources so so what Marx and Lenin propose is that state ownership of all resources to the benefit of all people mm-hmm. right so if one looks at Islamically you know what is so it's an economic situation so islamically what does islamic economics say and islamic jurists have argued that the privatization of resources such as oil gas and other fire producing fuels animal pasture and water is forbidden it cannot be owned privately and we know that I mean, you go to the masjid to tell you water is wakaf, it doesn't belong to anyone. Mm-hmm. Land is wakaf, it doesn't belong to anyone. So, so those are very good values. And why can it, be, can it not belong to anyone? It's because, number one, other people also need to put these things to use. So very much, you know, so if we remove the labels and we look at the values, there is congruency in those values. Um, so, where do the Muslim Jews draw this principle from? And they draw it from hadith of the our beloved Prophet Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where Ibn Abbas reports that our beloved Nabi says, "All Muslims are partners in three things: water, herbage or land, pasture, and fire." Right. And then, in addition to that, he said, it's haram to put a price on these things. So, jurors have argued by Kias, that is deductive analogy, that the above restriction on privatization can be extended to all essential resources that benefit the community as a whole. Okay, Nazir, you're becoming very complicated now. You sound, very you're, sounding, you're sounding like a Marxist, <laughs> but that's fine. I want it in a simple, in simple language. Simple language is basically saying that um, you don't believe that, uh, that, that resources like the land and, uh, and water and, and fossil fuels should be in the hands of, uh, of a few. That's correct. It belongs to everybody. That's correct. Okay, so... So are we going to go on a quick ad break? In the meanwhile, what I would like you to think about is that uh, how does communism 
uh, align with Islam. If one looks at the mode of production in places mm. like Russia and China, where, where, where religion is not that welcome. Mm. So I want you to, 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 to think about that and, um, and, 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 and tell me how it aligns, okay, so without getting too complicated. Okay. So we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when I come back, I'm going to ask um, our brother uh, um, Molana that I want you to think about, in the meanwhile, while the ad is on, about um, the DA's policy on Israel. The Leadership Hour. And we are back with the uh, Leadership Hour, and we're talking about Muslims, politics, and challenges. And uh, we have Mr. Nazir Polsini of the EFF and Maulana Aslam Kasim of the DA. So yes, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know, when you are part of the 2% of the South African uh, population, and you are fighting uh, for survival, you know, in a, in a party that maybe is uh, completely oblivious to the fact that you are Muslim and you have Muslim interests at heart. So uh, I just wanted to check now on the... Um, okay, so uh, I just want to check with Councillor Aslam. Uh, is there a problem with time? Are you? No, my phone is dead. Okay, no, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, no, no, just because I had you ask for the time now. So, Nazir, have you thought of an answer yet? For no, no, I, I don't have to. I can tell you what the answer <laughs> okay. is. The, the, when we speak about modes of production in Islam, okay. right? Modes of production in Islam is that whatever is, is being manufactured, whatever is being produced, mm -hmm. should be to the benefit of all people. You said that already. So right, but that's yeah. in Islam. Okay. It's the same in communism. Okay. When there's gold in a particular area, it mustn't be owned by one particular company like uh, the like the capitalist party. Nazir, can I just put you on maybe on a different uh, trajectory? Yeah. Would you agree that uh, communism is an extreme form of socialism? You know, the, the, the route to socialism, no, no, no. Ask, no, no, no. I think question. we need to put it into context. Okay. Communism is the route to socialism. Okay. We need to get to a place where we can take care of our people. Communism outlines what must happen in order to achieve that. I know I don't agree with it, but you know, I'm not yeah. here to disagree with you, Nazir. Yeah. I'm just asking you the question: Is uh, because I mean, if you look at it, look, even if you look at the dictionary, dictionary definition mm. right now of mm. communism, you, it will basically say that communism is an extreme form of socialism. Yeah. And the trajectory that I want to put you on is that I'm not saying that you are wrong about uh, about Islam being aligned to socialism, and I do believe that's correct. But mm. socialism, as I say once again, uh, is uh, and communism may be two different things mm. when you are in the extreme. Like the EFF, it seems to be that they, 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 they are actually looking at this extreme form of socialism, which may not even be communism in its pure form. <coughs> but anyway, mm. that's a debate for another day. But I'm mm. saying, so is it you as a Muslim... You know, if, has there been any challenges for you within the EFF where there may have been a, 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 maybe a policy that was actually contrary to, to, your, to your beliefs? 
you, you know, Ishan, fortunately for me, like I said to you, um, I wasn't politicized when I saw Mandela. I was politicized long before that. So I had a clear vision as to what I wanted. I've belonged to the other political party before, but I was there at the foundation of the EFF. Mm. So all policies, principles, manifestos of the EFF, I've been part of it. So obviously, I didn't come and say I'm joining, and even if I'm happy, I can't. So I was, I was part of it. So obviously, there were things that I felt did not align to my personal beliefs, my socialist or Marxist-Leninist beliefs. I would have not wanted to be part of it because I don't think, because like you correctly said, socialism is quite comfortable in, I don't know whether, it's to, whether we should refer to it the Islamic foundation of socialism or the socialist foundation of Islam, you know, because it's, it's very much similar and is, <clears throat> So, I have never been uncomfortable with anything about the EFF, not even of our tactics and strategy of achieving our goals. Okay. Nazir, I just want to get too quickly to Councillor Aslam. Uh, Molana, yeah, talk to mm. me about your comfort level in a party like the DA, mm. uh, where things like the Adhan gets challenged, mm. things like... Uh, the, the right uh, of Palestine, the rights of Palestinians gets challenged. Um, not challenged, maybe, and uh, maybe that's the wrong use of words, uh, but maybe uh, the policy pertaining to Palestine and Israel. I mean, I'm sure that does. Are those all things that's aligning with your current thinking at the moment? Is it challenging to you as a Muslim? Do you feel challenged at times? And do you speak out when certain things is, is not aligning mm. with your Islamic thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I think just on the, on the onset, just to mention that um, we haven't uh, received any of your questions. So there's not, it's not as if though we, what is this thing? We groomed ourselves and, uh, you know, placed ourselves in a position that, okay, I'm going to come now with the ideal answer. In no, no, fact, I'm not looking for the ideal answer. I no, want no, no, an I'm, answer I'm just that, giving it to that, the, just thinking, that you're yeah. thinking about right now. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Yeah, I'm just giving it to the to, to, to the listeners so that they know I'm not spinning anything or, you know, I don't I, I wouldn't allow you to spin on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and also I'm sitting with the attorney and I'm also sitting with the EFF if it was mm. very, um, I mean, when it comes to... Uh, being the watchdog, uh, we need to have that within uh, South African politics. I think just to take a step back, I, uh, just on the onset, I don't agree with anything about Israel, and I'm pro-Palestine, that that's my principles, and the one within a party is going to tell me I can't believe, or uh, and that's what I did before I entered it, told him this is my stance, and that is my stance. So, um, do you want me? Don't you want me? I competed with more than 500 candidates. Only 11 of us made it into the 2016 election. So they had a, a huge choice to select from. I wasn't the only choice. They had over 500 people that competed with me. Only 11 of us made it. But let me tell you how, how just to latch on from um, the Honorable Nazir Paulson, the Member of Parliament, um, I looked at communism and all, all of that. I can quote for you from Das Kapital. We call Marx the history of all existing society with the exception of the primitive communal classes. It is the class struggle. Now, the class struggle places people into, make people destitute. It places people into poverty. And this aligns with our 
um, if you want to call it so-called socialist Islamic belief of egalitarianism, that everyone is entitled, everyone has the, uh, the right to have what they um, need to have in order to live a viable and sustainable life. So for me, why I chose, I think maybe I'm jumping the gun, but why I chose uh, this particular party, and, and, and just to give more context, is that the only truth is the Almighty's truth, is the scripture. That is the truth. What we are currently doing, going into political parties, we live in a Darul Harb. We don't live in a Darul, Islam, a Darul Islam. We don't live in a peaceful abode of Muslims. We live in a Darul Harb where we 2%, as you rightfully pointed out. Mm-hmm. And we have to negotiate a favorable pathway to see that our people get what they deserve and get what they are entitled to. So whatever political ideologies are out there, it's... It is a way and a means to reach to the end. So, for example, if we came from, if um, Nazir came on the N2 and he came to to VOC, or perhaps came, you know, on the N1, we both had the same destination, but we have different methods of getting to that destination. So I would say that as Muslims, our idea concur as we want to see people uplifted. We want to see the best for people. And it's just I chose the N1. And my fellow Muslim chose the end too to get to that destination. Yeah, but now, okay, but now I want to say is, um, I want to get to, look, we can always talk about all the mechanics of, you know, what the party supports and mm. who they support. Of course, they're in the majority. And uh, But you, as, as a, let's assume now your choice um, is to, be, to join the DA. And with, and I'm not going to go into the whole neoliberal politics of mm-hmm. it all, but you agree that they do have a neoliberal agenda? I would say that it's a liberalist party. Okay, mm-hmm. so, uh, but now I'm going to give you a very simple example, because mm-hmm. like I said, we don't want to make it too complicated, and yes, uh, I don't yes. like making these programs academic, seeing that Nazir is so academic about this thing. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to go there. I want to make it simple. I'm the teacher. Okay, so I want to make it simple. At the moment, this morning, I walked in Seapoint, and I walked uh, from the from Greenpoint to Seapoint, and uh, I, I tried to do that a few times a week. But what I saw was a bit shocking to me. I saw them spending, looks like millions, uh, in terms of cultivating uh, a lawn there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, why are monies being spent on that type of luxury? Mm-hmm. by this DA council instead of taking that money and pumping it into a place like Tafelsa. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know Tafelsa very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are they not upgrading that infrastructure? Because, I mean, you go to Tafelsa, you go to Lost City. Yeah. Uh, you see the parks don't even have uh, playthings for the children to play on. Mm-hmm. They, you don't see lawns there. So why is it such a... Uh, a, a, a ill um, distribution mm. of, of uh, or rather an inequitable distribution of resources whereas people on the Atlantic seaboard and people on the um, let's call it the, with the bicycle lanes or Milneton side why is so many mm. much money being spent there and not where it's really needed in places like Tafels of Mitchellsburg, Mannenberg etc you mm. are the councillor for Mannenberg you know what it looks like there especially there on mm. the down section yeah. Uh, so, 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 can you answer that for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would, would agree because um, when you look at it at the surface, you know this is what you see, and 
we would speak out against if there is the, that inequitous distribution of the resources. And definitely if you're sitting with six pieces of a cake and you're having 10 people at that seat, um, you need to now see, okay, with the six pieces, who's going to get now out of this tin? Because we're only going to get in a month's time again, we're going to have another kick. So now we're going to have the six pieces. We have 10 people. Only the six of us are going to eat of it. The next month, um, now we give those others that didn't get so that they can also receive. But I also want to say that in places like Mannenberg, you have the Metal Urban Regeneration Project. And um, there is substantial amount of funds that goes into that place. I can tell you, with one of our places now, we spent $3.7 million on a park to design the park and Great. make the park in Mannenberg. To design uh, the park, no, not no, to just, actually do I'm, the park. No, I'm... Uh, to make the entire pocket. I would like be very <laughs> upset if it was for the designer for the design. that gets that money. I would be extremely angry yeah. about. No, it's for the it's for the entire. The park is the already. You can okay. go have a look what the parks look like. Look like, mm. and um, it was awarded to uh, just also to to mention this as was it was awarded to two young historically disadvantaged individuals, two females that have a company. They were given the the contract. And the park was made and um, was done and everything. A month, two, three months later, the uh, infrastructure started to get stolen from the park. Mm -hmm. The metal started to get stolen. The fence was broken. Um, so that is what, just from what my experience with when it comes to infrastructure. And also we... we in, in our areas, there is a large amount of money that goes into those. Okay, now I want to jump in there. 3.6 million. Mm. And now the city is saying that the, the infrastructure was stolen, like the fence, etc., etc. Mm. But for 3.6 million, don't you think they should have focused a lot more on security? Uh, or, or strengthening the, the infrastructure so that it can be theft-proof instead of now saying it's a community's problem. You, you mm. know, we have problems in our community. Yeah, we yeah, have Tuk, yeah. we have Unga, we have people trying to get anything metal mm. so they can sell it. So, anyway, I, I don't want to go there, but I'm just mm. saying is, I'm not going to buy the argument tonight that it's uh, the fault of the community. Mm. My no, question, well, my question the was community. the inequity mm. in terms of the distribution of resources. Yeah. Now, you as a Muslim, you are sitting there. How much noise are you making about these things? Mm -hmm. I can tell you I brought the motion for the Adhan uh, that was last year to our caucus. Mm. Um, so that goes through that internal processes uh, until it comes to the comes to the fore. But I can tell you that many within the city of Cape Town, it's people like you and I. It's it's not um, uh, people that are you know coming from leafy suburbs and and so on. It's it's ordinary people that that are sitting there. But um, what I've seen is that. It's nearly like the person that is, you know, when you watch that game, that Liverpool and Manchester game tomorrow, you on the train, I remember, you know, going from Mitchell's playing, going to Salt River by train on, while I was at school. And in the train, you would hear how the guys are speaking. Mm. Now, for me, I see that as well, that once you're in that space, you will see all the parameters and all the, um, if I can say, impediments that you face by, because you have to... Um, you have to be creative in how you 
apply or access those bylaws and those policies that are in, that are in existence. You have to kind of um, play your game within those parameters. Okay. After this, I'm going to ask you, we're going to go for a quick ad break. I'm going to ask you, has there been any victories on your side where you are mm-hmm. raising issues as a Muslim? And I'm sp- speaking about things like the Adhan and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can think about that so long while we got to go through an ad break. The Leadership Hour. And we are back with the Leadership Hour. I'm sitting with two politicians here in the studio. One is uh, Nazir Paulson of the EFF, and I've got Maulana Aslam Kasim of the, of the DA, and he's, sitting, he's at the City Council. So now question to, to you, uh, Maulana, is that uh, you sometimes come up, I mean, we've had a situation very recently where uh, the Adhan issue came up in the City Council. What was your response to it? Yeah, yeah. The best the, the, the best way to engage with policy and bylaws is to bring up motions. And I think that is where we um, in the city council where we have the where we can contribute as councillors is to bring is to raise motions because motions is a formal request, a formal application to have what you want. In fact also we have ward committee members which are drawn from the community where they can also put in motions. And I think the public also generally can can do things uh, like that. Um, via various means petitions and things like that but what I did that recently with regards to the Adhan it was submitted and um, it's going to come now up again um, I spoke to the chairperson um, Councillor Davashi who's the chairperson for that particular portfolio and uh, because we sit in the same sub-council as well and to I raised it with him as to say that listen it's been now a good couple of months. I know everyone is throwing the COVID in front. You know, whenever you want something or need something, you hear, you know, it was COVID. We couldn't do this, that, and the other. Um, so I asked uh, him, and that should go to the caucus chairperson as well. Listen, I need to get feedback with regard okay. to my, um, with regards to my motion that I that I put in to have. Um, it shouldn't be that masjids should be enforced um, with regulations. We shouldn't have to comply. And I think in sociology they have a term called cultural relativism. You know, where you respect and you honor and you hold high esteem everyone's views and their opinions and their way of life. And I think that is why also I went with this party because um, I can be who I want to be. I can have my uh, Islam practice and, and the one's going to tell me, listen, you don't do it that way and that this way. In fact, I had people when I started out in 2016 and even uh, now also with people, you know, they tell me, why are you wearing a beard? You can just sort of cut your beard. Why are you wearing a top? Cut your top. Don't wear a face because you're not a proper, you know, you're not a proper Muslim because you were the DA. So we've that type of a thing but I think even though um, I wouldn't classify this as one of the easiest jobs I think uh, uh, my colleague um, in Pinazir can also test be a testimony to that it's not a very this this is a, a vicious um, uh, arena that we placed ourselves in and um, it's not for the faint-hearted. I think I used to be faint-hearted. I'm still, but it's not for the political. It's not. I mean, everyone, whenever they speak, you know, when people come around, or they finish with the khatat or they finish with the party, the next best thing is to speak about politics. And the criticism is always vented against the, the politicians. Now, why is it that the Muslim community are so anti-DA? 
I mean, if I look at all these questions that are coming through now, mm-hmm. people are extremely critical of you as a as a as a person mm-hmm. being part of the DA, and I'm 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 going to hear it from you because I mean, as as you said yourself, it's a difficult uh, job to be in. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious terrain. It's and I think you were quite brave to be part of a of a yeah. political party that's of course got policies that mm-hmm. are not necessarily aligned with uh, with, with Muslims. Mm-hmm. The business to change something internally. You know, we can stand outside and we can placard and all these type of things, but the way that we change, we, we can have profound changes internally, and that is via the emotions and to get involved in, in these structures. You, you, it's no use, you know, creating alternative structures. It's to be within the structures and create change within those structures. I can tell you it's a very, it's a lonely space to be in. How many Muslims are in your, in the space that you are um, at the moment? We are, um, it's myself, Councillor Mahadi. Um, Rashid Adams, Sumaya. We're about seven of us. See, but seven people should be able to make a significant amount of noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how come we don't hear that noise? I think because it's not getting the it's not getting the airtime that that it that it deserves. Mm-hmm. It's not being um, even though it's happening, but it's not getting the ex- that exposure that it deserves to be getting. And also because it's it's politics, you know. It's so why is it? Why, okay, now that, on that note, why is it that Nazir gets so much exposure? Is one person mm-hmm. in the EFF, and yet everybody seems to know who he is. Maybe because he's got a big mouth. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Nazir, what is your secret to that? To getting into the media? Maybe not for all the right reasons. <laughs> but I, but I think by and large the the um, the message of the EFF. Um, is welcomed by many people. I think that's very important. I mean, uh, if, for example, we just take the Manenberg Park issue, um, my, my, my friend, Asram Kasimir, just said that they gave the tender to two people. Now, can you imagine you're giving three million and tender to two people? 3.6 million. Or 3.6 million mm-hmm. to two people. You know, and it's tender. And to me, the, and to the EFF, tenders are an opportunity for corruption, really. Because if... Nazir, you're not answering the question. Yeah, and I'm, I'm telling, telling you, you why is it that you get so much media attention? I mean, uh, Aslam Kasim just said a moment ago, there's seven of them, they never get media attention. So what is it that you do differently <laughs> that, uh, that you always in the news and I'm as the, I say, not necessarily for the right reasons? I'm the voice of the oppressed <laughs> and the marginalized. That's the difference. I was a single member yeah. in that Zionist DA's Western Cape Legislature. It is a Zionist organization. They promote Israel. They have strong relationships with apartheid Israel. Yeah. Israel is an apartheid state. And we must not we must not sugarcoat it here because the human rights of Palestinians are violated on a daily basis by the apartheid Israeli state, which are which the DA favors. Mm-hmm. The desalination plants were built by apartheid Israeli companies. Nazir, once again, I'm so gonna, Nazir, my once message, again, once again, I'm going to say that the views expressed in this program is not the views of the voice of the Cape. It's, it's the views of the EFF. Okay? Uh, <laughs> and my message, my message <laughs> that I say put out there mm-hmm. is what the majority of oppressed, marginalized mm. people, mm-hmm. people with conscience, people who love humanity mm. and justice, it resonates with them. Okay. So, so 
Aslam, mm-hmm. Councillor Aslam, are you saying that there's nothing that the seven members of the DA, of the City Council, can do to lift their profile so that the agenda of, uh, of Muslims cannot become more pronounced? Is that, are you saying there's nothing you can do to change that situation? No, I think in, internally we are, um, and especially if you look at even the Dr. Zaid Badruddin, who's the MECO member for community services, um, he has been instrumental in bringing about changing the spaces and the landscapes of on the Cape Flats. Um, but you can't change decades and decades of inequality, you know, overnight. But if you go throughout the areas, you will see the, the, the changes that um, this young, you know, MECO member has contributed to the space. Who is the young MECO member? Uh, Dr. Zaid Badruddin. Okay, we've always mm-hmm. seen his name in the news, definitely. Um, yeah. But gentlemen, we're running out of time. I see, I'm seeing, with the, uh, uh, okay, we're going to go quickly for an ad break. And then when we come back, uh, I want your final comments. The Leadership Hour. And we are back with the Leadership Hour. Unfortunately, we have now run out of time. I wish I could have interviewed these two politicians for a lot longer and uh, get to get to some point, but I think we're probably going to have to get them back on and uh, they need to explain a little bit more of the of the issues that they they, they are faced with. Um, yeah, there's a Groucho Marx said many years ago that politics is the art of looking for trouble, finding it everywhere, diagnosing it incorrectly and applying the wrong remedies. So the point is I'm hoping that the Muslim politicians don't fall foul of, of, of that particular saying. But bottom line is now, uh, I want, uh, unfortunately, Aslam, and last comment. So if you can just give us a last comment uh, in terms of your role as a Muslim, and then, uh, of course, we'll give Nazir a chance, and then, we, then hopefully we get you guys back on here at some other point so we can get deeper into some of the issues that we just touched on. Yeah, yeah, Shukran very much. Um, yes, so uh, I serve on the city level, which is the council level, and uh, we are more than 157 uh, within uh, within the party, and then you're looking at more than 250 odd or so of councillors, and usually all those decisions go for ratification via the full council processes and so on. So even though we are one or seven of us, um, we are trying our utmost and what we are doing every single day. I mean, every single day, Monday to Sunday, we're on the road um, trying to assist, trying to help. Okay. Shukran for that, uh, Councillor Maulana Aslam Kasim. Shukran for having participated in this discussion. Nazir, your final comment? Yeah, shukran so much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Ishan, shukran, yes. The EFF is the third largest party in, in Parliament. Out of three. Out of, <laughs> out of so many, right? Okay. The third largest out of so many. But the EFF is the first party to bring fundamental change in 25 years that we will now expropriate land without compensation for equal distribution and use. So we will no longer have homeless people. We won't have landless people because the country, the people of this country have been landless for too long. Right? So, so neither the ca- heartless capitalist parties, the ANC and DA, have policies that could radically improve the conditions of our people. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm asking, and a Marxist always does this. He wants to raise the intellectual capacity of people. And I'm asking people to go read the policy documents of the EFF. When I can return, we can engage better. They can question me about those policy documents because I'm here having to 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 speak Sunrise. about those policies, right? I want them to engage me on those documents. Okay, Nazir. You know, sometimes I think politicians, they the way they say things is terrible. You know, mm-hmm. when you say things like, uh, you know, expropriation of land without compensation, you know, then they they make the slogan without explaining it properly. So. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why there's there's that thing where they say politicians and diapers should be changed frequently, no, and I'm all gonna, for the same reasons. But the reason for that, well, wait, wait, let me finish. Yeah. That's why I'm saying you need to be able to communicate with the yeah. public in a in a in a in a, in a very in a, in a confident manner, mm. but also to bring comfort, not discomfort. Mm. So when you say expropriation without compensation, you need to explain that. No, no, not now. I can see you you, 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 you wanting to explain it, but what we will do is we'll bring you back on and we will t- explain the concept to people in an intelligent way without sloganeering. Because when you sloganeer, you basically get people's blood pressures up and people think they're going to lose their hard-earned property that they've worked for for all their life. So we're going to explain that. So please, people, don't, don't feel, don't feel... Uh, intimidated by that slogan we are going to explain it inshallah on the next mm-hmm. occasion that we have the politicians on so from my side shukran very much to, to, to Aslam Kasim and to Nasir Pulso for attending this program and giving us some input and we say shukran to the community for indulging us all in this in this discussion so from my side I say shukran assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh the leadership hour